Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast from the Orange Sidewinder and a place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. And welcome to episode 395 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, um, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have um, Commander Psykit, who happens to be our Staff Liaison Officer. Hi. Hello. Uh, we also have Commander Shan, who happens to be our Inhuman Resources Director. Hello. And also, we have Commander Ada Weiss, who happens to be the Head of Health and Safety, otherwise known as Ben Mosswood. Yeah, Lennon, it's either going to be purple or I might just go au natural. Okay. Um, yeah, you can all try and make your own mind up about that but um, if you wish you could join us live, we're hanging out in game well we would be hanging out in game somewhere but unfortunately it's a um, a bit of a quiet one tonight uh, I'm working on it you were yeah, working on it, yes um, fortunately my internet's not up to a hanging around leave station tonight unfortunately um, apart from that, if you can't get to a uh, Psychic who's mucking about in game. You can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat or go straight to twitch.tv slash radio or um, Facebook or YouTube or Twitter because we're all doing the stuff there. So we'll just go around and see how everybody is holding up. Uh, we'll start with, um, I don't know, Commander Psychic. Oh, hi. Um, I, I will be, I will be like um, messing about in in the Pleiades at some point. Um, uh, what have I been up to this week? I have been entirely consumed 
um, by Dungeons and Dragons, but not my own playing Dungeons and Dragons. I've been entirely and utterly consumed by catching up with a Critical Role like mini series show called oh, right. um, called um, EXU Exandria Unlimited Calamity, which is something that um, is set. Hundreds of years in the past. Have you ever seen Critical Role? If it's set hundreds and hundreds of years and um, years in the past before any of the other things, and it's set at the time of the calamity, which was um, a ridiculous, um, a ridiculous period where um, all of the gods were fighting, and yeah, it's it's amazing. It's been one of the most beautiful and incredible storytelling experiences that I've ever seen played out. And I watch a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I pay attention to a lot of content because it's important to me to improve my DMing when I watch good DMs and seeing what they do. It's it's incredible. If you've not watched any of um, Critical Role or anything like that, I highly recommend dipping. I say dipping in. It's easily 15 hours worth of content, at least. Um, yeah, as I'm finding out with Critical Role myself, you can't really just dip in. Yeah, I think I think EXU is like any of the EXU series. They they bring on different DMs and stuff, so it, it's quite cool for people who are um, have are, are, are practicing DMs to see other ways of um, other ways of that people do it and things like that. So I've really really enjoyed that. Um, other than that, in game my life has been consumed with Elite Dangerous yet again. Um, I legitimately don't think I've. <laughs> anything else um Aye, there's no content in elite dangerous what do you mean it's, a, it's, it's only a, it's only an inch deep yeah no, I, I know apparently it's a dead in maintenance game i mean i some and yet somehow and yet somehow we manage i managed to continue to play um yeah no i've done i this, there's been a lot to go on this week and i'm sure i'll talk about it at a later point um <laughs> but um yeah it's been um it's been a lot of me just like sitting and staring at screens this week. I don't think I've done a lot, a lot else. It's been good though. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I I have started Critical Role on, on campaign three, um, <laughs> and I've, I have liked watching the Legend of uh, uh, Vox Machina. And then you watch the the people who have edited in the actual role playing sessions mm-hmm. where what happens in the cartoon is. Uh, how it was inspired from the events that happened and that's hilarious to see it's um it it i i wasn't i didn't start critical role with critical with the very beginning of critical role i was introduced through a different a different D campaign done by mm. some members of the yogs cast and they were saying don't say anything in chat because we've not caught up um and we'd like we don't want spoilers and stuff and i was like oh well i'm sure it i'm sure it's all right like this is okay i'm sure critical role will be all right but um matt mercer is a god human and i adore him <laughs> and that's all i can say on the matter <laughs> yeah he um he's 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 certainly one of the best dms i've seen uh ever so you I th- know i that's... thought I, I thought he was the best dm that i was ever going to see and then i watched exu calamity and brennan lee mulligan is um one of the best dms i've ever seen in my entire life i feel privileged to have watched this show oh, a very but... weird feeling 
I mean, I got introduced to these kind of things with through Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I can't remember the DM that was there. I mean, it's the guys that do Penny Arcade yeah. that uh, do that one. And that, yeah, that that's absolutely hilarious, especially when they got Will Wheaton involved. Uh, but um, yes, we will, we will move on from um, rolling dice to uh, um, seeing how the motherboards are doing. Ben. Well, um, I I do have well, I do have the motherboard. It has it has been returned. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Uh-oh. despite telephone calls and covering letters saying, "Hey guys, when when you return my my bits and bats, please make sure that you take off the back of my AIO." I didn't want to force it from my old motherboard. Right. And, of course, on Saturday at f- half past four, when the courier arrived, and there's a story there as well, I'll get to that in a bit. Uh-oh. Um, when the courier arrived, I opened the box up, and I'm like, you know what I think I'm missing? I don't see any any back of my motherboard here. Oh, and cool. I, I open it up, and I, yeah, definitely nothing there. Look at all the little packages, still nothing in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, uh, do you, would you like to make a guess at what time um, Scan stop answering the telephones on a Saturday? Um, let's see. When did it arrive? Half past four. Uh, it probably stopped answering the the um, the telephones at half past four. Close. Four o'clock. Ah, right. Because yeah. you know that would just be the thing. You've unpacked it. Uh, phone. Oh, we just closed at four thirty. Yeah. Um, now, on the bright side, as I also found today, uh, yesterday, today's Tuesday, uh, Monday to Friday they're open till ten o'clock in the evening. But four o'clock, they uh, Saturday, sorry, they finish at four. Oh. So, I was like, oh, that's great. So, of course, I have to wait until Monday at nine o'clock or half nine by the time I actually get a chance to phone them. Say, hey guys, you know my motherboard? You know that little AIO page that was on the back? Could you send that to me too, please? I can't really do anything without it. Mm-hmm. Um, and fair play to to them. They're like, oops, yeah, we'll get that back to you. And I got that today. But it's still like, seriously? Uh, and yeah, yeah the, the, the story about receiving my motherboard, um, it should have been arriving at about, well, between half 11 and half 12 or something like that. And uh, I'm busy watching the, the van and I'm watching the DPD app. And I all of a sudden... I start seeing the DP, the van hasn't moved for 40 minutes and it uh-huh. comes to the end of my time slot and yep. I phone up DPD and say, hey guys, you know this van that I'm like just at the end of the slot of now? What's going off? And of course the van's broken down. Ah. Um, but, but they did give me assurances that they, would have, they were going to get out later on and they did. But if they'd actually delivered it to me in time, I maybe wouldn't have gotten it on Sunday, but I would have actually gotten my my AIO on Monday if they'd actually delivered it at you know lunchtime instead of after scan shut up shop. It, uh, it, it, it is an absolute roller coaster about this motherboard, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's almost as good as Grant's bathroom. Um, so then almost, almost. Uh, so yeah, currently my. My motherboard and well, the whole of my PC is with the lovely PC repair guys in Birmingham who said they'd reassemble everything for me. 
So that works out because, you know, basically my, well, I've had approximately from six o'clock this evening till half past eight free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd rather just like, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Take that. Um, yeah. It, it's a bit more time efficient. Yeah, get yeah. get someone else to do it if you can afford to, because basically it's it's, it's, it's just I, I, yeah. I, I don't have. Oh, I could I could I could have done it, but then I wouldn't have been on the show, and I'd I'd have felt like I'm letting you all down. Oh, well, I I hope everybody in the community appreciates this, Ben. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's been the story of that's been my saga. Um, gaming wise, I've been playing Roblox. Because <laughs> yeah. that's all your your PC can play at the moment. Well, I I can play that on my tablets and things like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've, I've been playing Roblox. The um, Return of Daddy Ben. Yeah. Um. And yeah, uh, the the drama you get in Roblox is insane. Really? Um, oh God, yeah. Is that a whole load of? Well, um, what what young... do you expect when you got a bunch of ten year olds all playing the same game? Yeah, well, considering yeah. that um, our neighbour managed to get my son blocked from Xbox the other week. Um, How? Uh, basically, he complained that he was swearing at him when oh, he wasn't. So, you know, it's it's one of them. Yeah. The problem yeah, that's, is that's, that, that's been, oh, sorry, Colin. No, no, the problem is it's under my name. So uh, I'm banned from Xbox. You're banned from Xbox. Oops. And is this perma... Hang no, on, no, you, no, you no, can get just... banned on from what, Xbox Live for cussing and swearing. Um, apparently, he, he he claimed that he was uh, making threats. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think anyone who's a regular listener to the show would think would would agree. I've got a I've got opinions on that. I mean, they're actually they're, they're mixed opinions, really, because you know everywhere should be a safe space, etc., etc., etc. But equally, you should you know not be able to call bullshit without people actually verifying it. Mm. Be able to identify what the difference between banter and an actual threat, and Ooh, yeah, and you, you know you also you've got the right to sort of say what you want as well, and to some respect, no such thing as bans from context anymore, Ben. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got, I've, it's a, it's a tricky situation to walk. I think I'll, I'll leave it there. Well, um, yeah. we'll leave it there and move on to Commander Shan. Um, how are you holding up, Shan? Um, it's been a eventful week, shall we say. Um, mm. On uh, well, on, on last Thursday, we went to my aunt's funeral, um, and I managed to catch about fifteen minutes beforehand mm-hmm. to chat to my dad. Who is basically um, on a countdown, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And then on Friday uh, morning, we got the call, and my dad passed on Friday. Um, in 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 his in his sleep and with mum um, sort of holding his hand. So there there isn't much better ways to go than that to be there. Yeah. Um, so we're now kind of at the stage where you have a million things to do and everyone's busy and haven't actually got time to stop and think. Um, but what I am treasuring, so to speak, is uh, I know I'll see it again in the place with no shadows fall. 
so that's kind of holding us on really at the moment um mum mum's mental state is disintegrating obviously because she's been married for 60 years Dylan. yeah so we're, we're trying to we're trying to keep her as busy as possible um to again help distract things so that's the that's the serious bit of news um on the less serious bit of news is Miss Shan has gone kitten crazy oh. and, brought, and brought two new kittens. So instead of due to have three kittens, we will now have four kittens. Uh, all the same make, but different um, colour schemes. So they're all Bengals then? They're all Bengal cats. The two we got, one is um, the... The one after Hobbs's brother, so um, I can't remember names now. So the girl cat, the girl cat we got a couple of weeks ago, um, a complete surprise, kind of yeah, let's go for it. And we got them when Eldest Mini Shan was away, and we gave him the um, the chance to name her. So he named her Siri after Sorella in The Witcher. Uh, not, the not the other. No, 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 no. I've heard that one, but no, it's. Siri being a child of surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week, uh, Mr. Shan came back with Siri's brother, uh, who we've called Samson, uh, after the church cat. Um, the book, The Church Mice? Anyway, years ago. But, his, but the cat we've got coming is going to be named Arthur, which was also the name of the mouse in the church. Mice books. So we're going to have four Bengals, Hobbs, who's like the grown up, and three kids. And it's completely crazy at the moment. It's just like, it's fun crazy. So that's kind of keeping us amused in spite of everything. And, and, and thank you for the best wishes in chat, by the way. It is appreciated. And I think um, everyone who's had something similar, it brings back memories for them. So I'm sorry for you too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> My dad uh, passed on the very night of the uh, of the launch event for Elite Dangerous, so that was that was uh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're just thankful that he everyone got to say goodbye. You know, it wasn't just a sudden. By the way, Shan, you know this has happened. It wasn't like that, and so we, we had we had a week or so to get used to the idea. If you can get used to the idea, but have a warning of the idea, shall we say? So uh, yeah. Uh, not something even even if you've got notice it it's not something that you could ever be prepared for to be honest no but as i say we all got a chance to say goodbye um and he went peacefully in his sleep um being his hand held by mum and it was in the same room so as i say this but for, for ways to go that's pretty that, that's up there in terms of how you would wish to go i think surrounded by family after everyone yeah. said their goodbyes well, okay. Well, moving on from there, um, uh, my week's been a lot lighter compared to to that. Um, yeah, I've gone a, like psychic. I've gone a bit elite, dangerous, mental. Um, I've got my power play commander has finally got up to um, the <laughs> uh, third level, which means that he can now uh, purchase the imperial hammers, which are the uh, the big guns that you get for serving the emperor. Uh, my, (laughs) 
My exploration commander has crawled another 10 systems towards Colonia. We're almost at the halfway point, even though I think this is... It's a year in, because basically I started this commander off heading towards Colonia when Odyssey was released. <laughs> and we haven't even got halfway to Colonia yet. Um, and of course, my main commander has been, oh, basically buckyballing, and we'll be we'll be going over that at a later point, I think. So, um, I want to tell you about the neutron highway, Colin. I am stopping at every, you know, you see, this is the thing. I am stopping at every single planet where I detect two or more biologicals, and I'm in my Imperial Clipper, and I am enjoying the the journey. Even though it has taken so long, you're just going along and you're smelling the roses. I am. I am literally sampling the roses. Yes. Yeah. It, it sounds like Colin is going there on the equivalent of a space milk float, doesn't it? Well, the the, the Clipper's only got a twenty five light year jump drive. Well, it's the right colour for a milk float. <laughs> oh no, no, it is a beautiful, a beautiful iridescent purple. Is is no violet is mine. So. Um, it's it's not the right colour for a milk float at all. I was going to say so you're riding the violet milk float, but that sounds like a euphemism or something. Uh, that is that is something that I would have expected Ben to come up with, and uh, no, no adders are involved at all, Commander Ventura. Not even not even a purple condor. Um. Okay, I'm going to miss that one. <laughs> so, uh, shall we move on? The development news. What have the Dev said this week. Well, there's not been much actually announced about the game. Um, however, there was the Frameshift Live number 10. Uh, that was broadcast last Thursday with uh, Arf and Zach. Um, it was just a, a, basically a chilled out session where um, they went over the usual news, which was a review of Update 12 and the appropriate patches. There was uh, the shout outs to some podcasts, which I think was quite nice uh, and um, uh, the usual stellar screenshots and then they tried to have a kind of question and answer session about what it's like to be a CM but um, I think that was kind of derailed a little bit uh, go on Ben I'm just thinking actually so one of the comments that I read in the Frameshift Live chat made a lot of sense I thought was especially on the slower weeks because it's a two weekly show, why don't they show the you know the, the pictures from uh, from the the two weeks rather than just last week's ones? What stellar screenshots? Yeah, you know they just do that one, why they're not doing that. They just do one week of stellar screenshots, even though it's two weeks worth of. They've got two weeks in the backlog, as it were. And if it's a quiet week, that's like easily exactly they can they can pop that out for another twenty minutes, easy. Yeah. Uh, and then you could also, I mean, certainly with some shows, you could even go off and double up the content that they've done as well, because obviously, you know, we've done a couple of shows, um, and, you know, a bunch of the other things that are on a weekly basis, they've done they've done more than one thing too. Yeah. You can tell you two are professional streamers, because you can think of really easy ways to add the time out when there isn't a lot of content going <laughs> on. Yeah. No comment what, about that. Well, oh, isn't that what's called for two padding? hours one Halloween? Padded for two hours waiting for that ch chuffing ghost ship to appear. There wasn't <laughs> even a game to play. We literally sat there for two hours. It was one of my best streams. I loved it. <laughs> it's sort of like being an apprentice for working on Sky News, isn't it? Really, or someone like a twenty-four hour news cycle. Yeah, one of these news cycles. 
You just stand outside another 10 for hours at a time, waiting for someone to walk out, wave and run off. I thought that was one of those quiz channels where basically you've got to stand in front at 3 o'clock in the morning while drunk people try and answer stupid questions. I thought that was preparation for it. Or do weather reports and the flood and they make you stand in the water. Oh, dear. And so every time I think of that, I think about the poor girl who was who was presenting the weather in the middle of a gale in Wales, and basically a big wave came over and she got hit in the face by a, fl- a fish. <laughs> I remember a TV series called Drop the Dead Donkey. Oh, that was brilliant. Had, I love that. Where they had a, a, a less than scrupulous reporter who was trying to travel an oil spill and the environmental impact of the oil spill, but he couldn't find any, so he'd catch the seagulls and dunk them in the oil yeah. and film them. Lovely, yes. I remember, I remember that. Uh, yeah, by the one, way, can I just point out, guys, that's more than 25 years ago. It's not, no. is it? Yeah. yeah. I remember it was the episode where the same reporter, I think he was doing a news report on some East, war in Eastern Europe, and he just grabbed some random person who's got an Eastern European-sounding accent to do the to do the voiceover stuff. Oh, was this the one where he also got about ten people dressed as refugees and got them to walk around in circles to make it so? No, no that, that was that was Iraqi prisoners. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> but no, this uh, is the same reporter that used to carry out, carry around a beaten up kid's doll, so that basically whenever oh, they God. wanted to, whenever they wanted to film a bomb crater, they would put this beat up doll in the middle of it and just sort of do the, present, uh, yeah. the presentation thing, and there were children in this bombed-out place. So apparently they yes. thought Kay Burley all, all she knew. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, here's something that'll make you feel old. You know the, the Scooby-Doo movie with the animated, the computer-generated Scooby-Doo? Is that the one with Sarah Matthew. Michelle Geller in it? Yep, 20 years old. Yeah, I was going to say, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller's like 40-something now. Was that with yep. Freddie Prince Jr. played Freddie? Yep. Yep. 20 years ago is that. Wow. And it's not got any better. And I also hate to say this will make you even feel better, even worse. The best Star Trek movie. The Wrath of Khan, 40 years old. Oof. That hurts, that one does. Mm. Ah, but is it the, 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 re, the redone version isn't as good? Because I don't like the effects of the new redone one. The effects of the old one are much better. Hey? What do you mean redone? I'm, I'm, what do you mean? Have we got Shannon a senior moment here? What? No, 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 no. Because in the original release, yeah, there's there's a scene where the Enterprise and Reliant flies past each other. Yeah. And the Reliant fires on the Enterprise with the phasers. And now it's like pew, 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 individual phasers hit the ship. In the original version, it looked like a mining laser with the, with the phasers right alongside. Yeah. Was so much better, but in the new version, it's pew, 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 pew. Hang on, there's a new version? I've still got the old version. I've heard there's a new version of... I read oh, the Star Trek, There's a new version of Star Trek The Motion Picture, and apparently no, they, that's they going to be glorious. The, they read the effects on Rock Khan, and they've okay. cut out the mining laser raking alongside the ship, which I thought was pretty cool. But, yeah, now it's pew, 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 and the effect yeah. is lost. Huh. Right, well, um, on, on that, horror story about the fact that you know another childhood memory is completely ruined of death and destruction um <laughs> uh, we'll move over to um 
well, back to the the frame shift live. I mean, it it's one of these weird ones where uh, they said that obviously with update twelve they couldn't get a developer on stream like they wanted to. So, but they are hoping to get one for the next um uh, the next frame shift live. Uh, Arthur was of course dropping hints about how good the next section is going to be, and he'd get in trouble if you if you made any um. Uh, <laughs> any full pars and spoilers. So, um, yeah, Chan. Do you think when they look for a developer to have on stream, all the developers like run out of the room so there's no one left? So Sky like hide in the toilets like that. They can't find anyone. Just because Lawrence ran away from you doesn't mean that the rest of the people, the rest of the developers, are uh, scared. Well, I don't see. I don't see them knocking down our door to be interviewed. So that's just true. Uh, right, well, I mean, it was a bit of a filler stream in my opinion. Um, ben, what did you think? Yeah, I think we're two, two out of three. Two out of three. Uh, Psychic? I guess Yeah, it's busy. two out of three. Two out of three. Two yeah. out of three, same as Ben. It, it, it was what it was. Um, yeah. No, um, I, I watched it. I, wa- I watched it with chat, but we weren't like, we weren't jumping on it or anything. Um, yeah. We it was a stream it existed it existed no we weren't expecting anything because we had um like we had everything that we had the weeks before we just had update 12 um there, there was there was an awful lot going on and it was and it was also bloody hot yes <laughs> so yeah. the levels of giving a shit really <laughs> went down <laughs> Yeah, um, it has been said that um, uh, Zach has uh, announced on Twitter that he, he's, he's taking a, a break for mental health reasons or from um, getting involved with social media, with the exception of work. Um, obviously, you know, we hope that, uh, well, yeah, take a break if it gets too much. It's a good idea. Um, but apparently it's got nothing to do with uh, the constant griefing that was happening on the stream <laughs> just to point out uh ben yeah, can i can i also uh, engage smug mode a little bit on the the hotness scale things cuz one of my my images was brought up in there it's bloody hot out there this is how hot it is the image like, that we use for your flight assist cover as well that yeah. one gets about a bit it does. It's a good photo. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. Yes. Are, you only... saying you're, are you saying you're too hot after F- Ben? <laughs> it's too hot to handle. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. It's hot or not. Is that... <laughs> well, my photo's certainly hot. <laughs> uh, hot in Birmingham. <laughs> it is, actually. I've got my fan on tonight. Is that Ben's only fan's name, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was there a TV series called Hot in Cleveland? Or all these Hollywood I actresses? Know. I think that eating. was something you watched on Hotel TV, Colin. No, there was. There was, oh. was with these Hollywood aging Hollywood actresses moved out to Cleveland because they found that they were still attractive to people in Cleveland rather than Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, had Betty, Betty White in it. It was quite funny. Anyway, moving on from there, let's have a look at the in-game events. What has been happening this week? Well, um, quite a lot. 
first of all, there was the reaction of the superpowers um, to the revelations about Salvation's actions, um, to which I think most of them were, well, these um, are the only game in town at the moment, so what choice have we got? Um, next up, uh, the Alliance and Sirius Military Pact has still to be decided. Now they have decided to, to do this with a community goal where um, you take a whole load of um, goods to Sirius or you take a whole load of goods to the Alliance and whoever's going to have the most at the end of this week will decide where the Alliance and Sirius Military Pact goes. I must admit, looking at this community goal, I thought, as soon as I just looked at the rewards, I went, oh, it's going straight to Sirius. Because um, the Alliance one is, uh, okay, you get permits. But um, most people have got those permits anyway. Uh, but nobody's got the other stuff. And I'm there look, thinking, oh, yeah, false choice, I think. Shan? Um, yeah, sorry, I just looked up this hot in Cleveland show. Apparently it ran for 128 episodes, which is longer than the original Star Trek and also longer than Babylon 5. Get with it. Yeah, and you thought it was a porno. Oh, dear. What, being that popular? So it could still was. be. Ah, oh, dear. Uh, anyway, um, thoughts on the, the serious Alliance Pact? Anyone? So much of a muchness, isn't it? They're all wankers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, put it, I, I don't want them anywhere near the old worlds. That's all I'm saying. Well, a bit late for that, because um, Sirius yeah. is all the way in, in Leasty now. Isn't oh, that a reflection? Is that reflection on the modern on modern politics and world affairs? Really, what psychic said? Yeah, man, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, um. yeah, I'm, I'm, Go on. I'm 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 formulating a, a sort of question just with what you guys were saying, and it's vaguely along the lines of: Don't you just wish that Frontier would listen to the community and have a way for us to basically stick the middle finger up at Sirius and have Edmund Mahon, you know, be forced one way or the other to not give power to those bunch of cocksuckers. <laughs> Say what you mean, Ben. Yeah. Um, Are you inferring we want play, player agency, Ben? That's something along those lines, yeah. Well, that's the thing because you have player agency. You can actually, if you want, if you are that principled enough, you can, you can put the effort in. But uh, no, I can't put the effort in. I haven't got a bloody game. <laughs> that's not on frontier, right, Ben. That's well, not don't your, rub it in, Jesus. <laughs> but you ask, can we not do something? Well, and yeah. we respond with, with yes, and then now it's our fault. Yeah, actually, actually, it's Colin's fault. Just make me feel bad because I can't. Actually, Ben, we can do something. Just you can't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> twats. I hope you're going to do it on my behalf. No, I'm busy. I'm bad. No, not at all. No, do, well, I can't. Do, I can't do, it. I do, can't do, do, it. do it yourself, Ben. Oh, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. you make me spit my coffee out there, you twat. <laughs> Well, that's nice to know. <coughs> oh. 
No. So while, while um, Ben continues to uh, choke <laughs> for the rest of us... Choke on his motherboard, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 that's just wrong. Um, according to the uh, the forums, uh, the uh, the Alliance is at Tier 2, and uh, the... Oh, hang on. Yeah, the Alliance is at... Uh, oh, good grief, let's have a look. Yeah, it's at Tier 2, but the supporting the... Uh, oh, sorry, I've got this completely wrong. Those that want the Serious Alliance is at Tier 2. Those who are opposing the Serious Alliance are at Tier 1. So, yeah, there we are. Everyone, go and, go and tell the Serious Alliance to piss off. Stop being bought, you bunch of sheep. And I would do it, but I can't. Yes. Because, yeah, I must admit, I was flying against the uh, Sirius at the last one, but uh, it didn't seem to do much good. It's just there's all those double-engineered missile launches that everybody wants. I, I think Wintermute's just got a new organisation. Has he? Yeah, he's called, he's called the Game Rats. We have the game, you don't. <laughs> you could do with some of them, Ben. You really could. Oh, uh, dear. Don't mention rats to me. We've got traps all over the back garden now. Yeah, I anyway, I was reading that that uh, book series called The Rats. It, was it the stainless steel rat? No, it wasn't the stainless steel the rat. That's also very good. But it was it was it was a horror uh, horror trilogy called The Rats about these mutant rats in London. Um, Stephen King, wasn't it? No, it's not Stephen King. It's uh, actually, um, Colin, I did have a Frank Herbert or something like that. I think his name is. Uh, it's not the I, guy who did June, but it, um, his last name's Frank Herbert. Wintermute says, "Yeah, it, okay, it's Frank Herbert or J- James Herbert, somebody Herbert." <laughs> I, I did have an idea, Colin. Though, if his garden is infested with rats, Colin, you could practice your first-person shooter skills in real life and buy an air rifle and just sit there and shoot the rats. We have a bow and arrow, a, a composite bow and arrow that my son has. And uh, I keep on telling him that he, he really needs to use it for his aim. In well, apparently it's still law that everyone of the age of 30 and over has to practice archery on a Saturday morning in, in Britain. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's move back from one fantasy to another. Uh, on the 16th of June, it was, all, it was also announced that at, uh, Professor Palin got his xenobiological uh, uh, um, goods. Uh, so everyone can now collect uh, your reward for uh, all those Thargoid artifacts that you brought there. On the 17th of June, it was announced that the Golconda has gone. Uh, the vast majority of the uh, former generation ship people have decided, right, we're off as well. Um, thanks, but no thanks. And uh, have disappeared, uh, only this time with a modern generation ship, which practically means they can go anywhere in the galaxy within one generation, I reckon. Um so, yeah, that's nice. And then, finally, on the 20th, and this was the biggie, uh, especially for Psykit. What? Um, yeah. Azimuth is now back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 
it effectively what's happened with uh, with uh, azimuth biochemicals uh, salvation has basically announced that his partner orga- organization Taurus mining ventures is actually the modern incarnation of azimuth biochemicals and and we're going to basically just own it and say right yeah is that azimuth you got us guess what there was one little thing at the bottom, though, that that got me. Um, Salvation claims that Caleb Witcherly is no more, but his accomplishments have laid the foundations for the man I have become. So, is it still Caleb Witcherly? Yes! Is it- yes! Caleb Witcherly is so long in the past that he is no more, but the stuff that he did made, laid the foundations for the man he's become. He, he is both Caleb Witcherly and not Caleb Witcherly. He is a sanctimonious piece of shit asshole who deserves every fucking thing that's coming to him. I've never hated a video game character this much. <laughs> hashtag Admiral Tanner was right. Admiral T- uh, hashtag free Admiral Tanner. <laughs> Just second one, like you said, who is your least favourite video game character, Colin? My my least favourite video game character? Oh. I've got one that I love to hate, and that is um, Arden from Final Fantasy XV. And I, I I I hate him because he is a, he is a fantastic villain because he's the... He, and the worst thing about it is at the very end, you actually sympathise with him. And you hate the fact that you did. <laughs> what about you? My least favourite video game character would be Cloud Strife in Final Fantasy VII. Really? Yeah, he was such a emo, sanctimonious do-gooder. He was annoying. <laughs> Since we're running on this one, then what's yours, Ben? Do you have a, Do you have one that you can't stand? The, the only ones that I really can't stand that I can think of is like the the random NPCs who are supposed to defend your base in Fallout Four because they're just so <laughs> fucking useless. Yeah. You know, random miscellaneous. You know, I need to walk from here to the post box. Quest guy. Um, but, oh, you know, that... I can't think. I can't think of any major. Plot point story characters who are like, God, I want to punch this guy in the face. You know, well, wasn't wasn't the Nuber in, in Mass Effect the guy that you your biggest fan in Mass Effect that you've? Oh, he was brilliant. I loved him. All oh, right, fair enough. Um, and the guy who you keep bumping into at the bar and things. Oh, you keep bumping into throughout all three of the games, don't you? You do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought he was hilarious. Well, no, he's basically he's, there's a character. There's a character in all Bioware games, uh, which they have nicknamed Nuber after Baldur's Gate because there's a character in Baldur's Gate that would just follow you around constantly, um, and then, yeah, you just yeah. want to kill him. But um, nah, nah, I, I, he made me laugh. Um, so my yeah. my least favorite in Elite would be Salome. Hmm. I'm glad she got killed. <laughs> oh no, we're going to have letters now. <laughs> yeah, but Harry Potter was right. Oh, I won't go, I won't go that far. But she was, like, <laughs> she, 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 she had delusions of grandeur and was an annoying cow. So you know, 
I like. I did like her in Drew's book. Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> since all that got slightly <laughs> derailed, um. Yeah. There. There was an awful lot of um excitement about the 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 fact that well, basically, Taurus Mounting Ventures is now Azimuth, so we now know who the bad guys are, or the good guys, or the guys that want to be the good guys but are being bad guys. It can get a bit confusing. <laughs> and considering for, I think, two years I was referring to Salome as Salami. It, well, she is now. It didn't work out so well. Right, um, moving on from there, I think it's the time of that week again. Score alert! seems that summer has hit the store. We have some very sort of um, light and fluffy skins for the Anaconda, the um, the Diamondback Explorer, the T9, uh, and the Crate Phantom. And I must admit, I'm looking through most of these and thinking, oh, I could do with a Vimto. Um, Shan? Yeah, I mean, they're quite jolly, aren't they? And uh, what we were saying last time I was on about how they seem to have improved the technology to render ship skins, because I think they're probably some of the most colourful ones I've seen. In fact, they're so colourful, it looks like they should be selling cocktail umbrellas as part of a ship kit to get on them. I know what it reminds me of. Uh, just hit me. Opal fruits. These are the opal fruits of ship skins. No, Opal Fruits are one colour, though, aren't they? No. I think no. I think Napoleos is right. It's more like a pina colada. You know, I'm getting vague hints of coconut and pineapple here. Actually, what they look like, just thinking about it, they look like the um, outside of cans of Alcopops. <laughs> yeah, canned cocktails. That's what those are like. But, yeah. Um, are you tempted, then, um, Ben? Not in the slightest. Shan, uh-huh. tempted? Uh, no. Come on, can you really see me flying a ship that looks like the outside of a pot can? <laughs> uh, and uh, Psychic, what about you? I've got the one that's on the screen at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I got the grape, um, the grape crate phantom. It's um, mm. absolutely stunning. I love it to pieces. I'm very happy with it. Um, I don't like we were like we were discussing the other day. I don't change my ship skins very often, um, and the that that great crate phantom, the the blues and the purples, and the 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 pink. It's giving proper bi flag um, vibes, and I completely and utterly adore it. Um, 
and it looks great. It looks absolutely stunning on. They've done a really good job. Ben? As Arf alluded to, it sounds like they've also got a night version of these with a dark... I'm assuming it's got a a black base coat. I might be more interested in that. Oh, I would like it with a black base coat. That would be really nice. So kind of 80s Miami there. Yeah. That's what you're thinking of. Um, that I'm more interested in that than the the white pina colada one. I mean, I can I can respect the artwork and I think it's very pretty. It's just not me. I think they've missed a trick here with these. They could have had a mamba in that skin, and then you could have NPC crew called Crockett and Tubbs, and they were just. So you could have a mango manga mamba. No Crockett and Tubbs, Miami Vice. They used to have like. Yeah. Uh... We've had some comments. Apparently, I should have said star fruits because opal fruits were changed to to star fruits. So there you go. The Starburst, yeah, but marathons are still marathons, even if they are sneakers. <laughs> I like well, how they did the retro. I love the retro marathons that they brought back last year. Did they? Huh. Yeah, you could. Um, for a, a wee while, Mars brought back the retro marathons. That were the same size, and they had marathon written on them, and it was great. And I, I deliberately got like one for me and one for each of the ki- the wife and kids as well. I so we all had bring, one. I wish they'd it, bring back. So I wish they'd bring back normal sized Cadbury's cream eggs and bigger wagon wheels. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, moving moving on for that before it turns into old man radio uh, <laughs> again. Turns into. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I think what we're going to do is... Oh, there was another one, wasn't there? There was this golden imperial eagle that has appeared in the store. The Osiris, wasn't there? The, yeah. What Has that one been in the store before? There's been other ships like it. I, I don't personally remember seeing an eagle. Um, it, it may very well have been, though. It may be something that they just pimped on the interim. Yeah, but um, it's nice yeah, enough. It does look good. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to that more than the. There we are. Yes, the golden Osiris. Yeah, very um, King Tutankhamun. I think. Mm. Anyway, oh, good grief! There are, yeah, I think it's it's also turned into old man chat as well. Looking through through the chat at the moment, <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to mention text and bars, and that's it. We'll have. What do you mean? Uh, this is our old, audience, Colin. Oh. <laughs> Old man bingo here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was a Texan bar? Oh god, no! I'm not. I we're hate, not. I hated Texan bars when they were cold. You never bite into them. You have to wait until they were a bit gooey inside. Texan bars combined with Iron Brew was probably responsible for a lot of the dental problems in Glasgow in the well, late seventies. They, they sure were a mighty chew, weren't they? <laughs> Yeah, you'd chew them and then you'd notice your teeth were still in them when you took it out. Anyway, moving on, I think we're going to take a break from this um, overwhelming nostalgia and we'll come back. Well, hopefully people join, other people joining in with us next. Are you suffering from battle crabs? We advise White Star Cream. Get rid of a battle crab after three shots. Sweet dreams, little ones. 
you rest up in your hangar bay because in the morning you'll wake up to smell fresh laser fire because you're in a federal corvette and there's one thing that a core dynamic ship does well and that's hill ships big ships small ships wings of ships we even have a go at booping asteroids enemy shields down enemy dead there's no further targets commander that's all you'll ever have to say in a federal corvette core dynamics let's not talk about skimmers Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm, I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. I spend so much time in my Imperial Trader, I find it really hard to meet people. I mean, when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military? But with VenusDating.com, it was so simple. I just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match. I really thought it would be difficult, but Venus Dating made it so simple, with so much in common. We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset. Browsing Imperial shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love... (laughs) Shooting (laughs) Thargoids. Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter. Legacy on Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Are we live? (laughs) 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 And welcome back. Top Lave Radio here, guys. Um, right, well, what we thought we'd do this week um, is we'd invite people from the community of just uh, basically a, a, a call-in show, if they like. Um, if you want to actually join in with the uh, the show, feel free to pop over to the Discord, go to the on-stage area, and uh, basically we'll invite you into the chat. Um, if you've got something to say about the progress of Elite, or where you think Elite is at the moment, and uh, various things like that. So um, let us welcome uh, Little Big In and Grippy Gecko, who have joined us uh, for the moment. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, I'm assuming it's gentlemen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we are going to be asking you, what what would you like to talk about on Live Radio, the mics are yours. Let's start with Grippy Gecko. Hello. Um, thank you very oh. much for, for uh, um, letting me on, I suppose. Um, right, I have a radical idea, and this is my chance to, to air it, I suppose. 
So the galaxy. <laughs> let me just come place. on the mute button and set quickly. <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, it's it's um, it's not that radical. Um, I should so just... note that Ben is the equivalent of the big switch for the red chair in Graham Norton. So. Yeah, um, I was about to say to our guest. No idea what that's a reference to. I guess just think you can be live in front of tens of people. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're not putting you off at all here, Grippy. Off you imagine go. they're all naked. <laughs> that that's very off putting. Um, ben, no. So uh, yeah, I was just thinking the the galaxy is a very big place. And uh, there's there's an awful lot of uh, sort of space for people to explore, but there's not an awful lot of plot going on in it, really, is there? So I was just thinking, if the people at FDev are like really very very busy and uh, can't always be writing a lot of plot for places, they could sort of allow. You know how people can sort of make their own player factions in the game. You could have, like, people be sort of almost like DMs for their own little area of space and create interesting story content for people when they go and visit that system. Obviously, uh, they have to be vetted, but... Yeah, that is actually the problem, the vetting. Um, <laughs> because we actually asked... How long have you been playing, Grippy, mate? Oh, um, it'll be, I think it's two years in November, I think. Okay. Because yeah. before, yeah. they used to do that. We used to be able to submit our own CGs mm. and, and um, like, direct plot and get new um, bases put in the, um, in the galaxy. But it was an awful lot of work. It's, it is a lot of work. Yeah, the the main problem. I remember Sandra was asking exactly this question for uh, way back when the the game was first being um, developed in the DDF. People were asking, "Can we actually have you know this this sector here, and we'll run it as if it's our, our own DM campaign?" And mm. Sandra was there saying, "Yeah, that sounds great. We'd love to do it. The problem is, first of all, legal reasons we have to vet everything, and the problem with that." is it takes so long to do because there will be someone who will put in a Millennium Falcon or there will be someone who mentioned that the fact that the USS Enterprise um, visited this place and all those kind of copyright-breaking things that could let the big boys come in with hammers. Um because it it wouldn't be the the player faction's responsibility. It's still front uh, FDev's game. Yeah. And he's, he's said the amount of effort it would take to make sure that doesn't happen is just not worth it. I mean, it's a great idea. He they'd love to do it, but um, they're not able to because legal. Which is so they they couldn't like just sort of open it up to at first just a few trusted people and then you know as long as they didn't block their copy book they'd be all right but you say that you say that a few trusted people but um what, what about all of the other people who who aren't trusted and then get their noses stuck out of joint and all of that it's not it's not as cut and dry it's like with um when when Frontier said about um, they're going to have um, elite dangerous partners that are going to have um, uh, um, 
They'll go behind the scenes stuff. They drops and stuff and behind yeah. the scenes stuff and um, mm. that. And people are like, well, what about the rest of people? What makes that person a good person to choose and things like that? Um, is it just because they've not reneged on an NDA in the past or something like that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's very, it's very difficult. And then there are some amazing people who are just on the forefront of um, creating amazing stuff who. Um, have not getting the those opportunities it might put their nose out of joint and they might not want to like participate with anything going forward it's very yeah. difficult to please everyone is what i yeah, yeah. everyone that's never gonna happen is it it never yeah. is. there is one possible way i think something like this could be done would be maybe you could manually generate a kill 10 rats kind of thing but then how would that be any different from a procedurally generated one i don't know yeah the thing the thing is you can compare it to what happened with freelancer um with freelancer basically microsoft just gave up on it it became abandonware uh but what did happen is that one of the devs uh, released uh, a whole load of documentation about how they actually created their own systems. And what people, what fans were able to do was hack the files to create an entire new universe and create their own missions to go with that. The thing is, Microsoft could have come in and stomped on him, but they just didn't give a damn. Unfortunately, what we want is what we don't want, is in order for that idea to go forward, Grippy, we'd have FDEV not giving a damn. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, they do. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't yeah, work don't. with Elite in its current incarnation. But hmm. let's say, say, sake of argument, Starfield. And Starfield goes off and does the Skyrim kind of thing. With mods. And has, with mods and things like that. Yeah. Could, you know, if Elite Dangerous were ever to get single-player version and be in the Steam store, do you think something like that could be done then? Or do you think it would still have the same legal issues? It, it always comes down to the vetting, isn't it? And that's the problem. Well, th well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Skyrim don't seem to give a monkeys about the, the, the mods on Steam Workshop or on Nexus mods and things like that. Mm. So... There are a lot of games with a, a really strong modding community. Yeah. And they don't I, get destroyed yeah. by copyright stuff. So. Yeah, but they're, they're not online games. That's exactly. The I mean, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work for Elite Dangerous in its current incarnation. Mm. Can I ask everyone to prepare a drink for a minute? Because I... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Hang on. Uh, because, yeah. I, because I was fortunate enough to be at a meal with uh, Colin Johansson, who was the uh, game director for ArenaNet for both Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2. And I broached the subject when Guild Wars 2 first came out. I said, you know, you, know, you want content, you want all this world that you built, can we submit ideas and develop stuff, etc., to do that, like the Skyrim mods? And uh, he, he said basically, similar to what you guys have said, is that he said basically that they looked at doing it but the amount of time it would take to make sure the mod was balanced and wouldn't affect multiplayer added to checking the um, the art assets didn't cause glitching or problems or crashes, plus all the other stuff that goes on with it. He said that would take just as long as developing the content ourselves. 
So he kind of sort of said, well, actually, yes, it's, it's good, and it works really well for single-player games, but as soon as you get multiplayer games, it becomes a lot harder for balance, difficulty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because you basically need to be a developer to produce the, uh, the assets and the tools that make it stable. So for me, that was kind of like good reasons why, although in theory it's a wonderful idea, in practice, I think it's a lot of work for them. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be have to be a case of, um, like with Star Wars Galaxies, the game will have to be uh, officially sunset, and the offline mode would have to be made available before we could start doing that kind of thing. And, yeah, for a uh, single player, who, who cares if it's a single player? You know, the only thing you're, you're ruining potentially is your gameplay experience. You're not actually mm. anyone else. Um, yeah, so <laughs> sorry, Grippy. Um, <laughs> we'd <laughs> I'd love it. I would love it. Yeah, we would actually. We'd really yeah. like that kind of thing to happen. But um, I, I think we all. I'd just love kind of to see that. like other people's stories and the things that they could come up with, and the, the all the law that they've got in their head to just make it into the game. Um, I just believe people are basically good and creative people, and that you know if you did catch some people that were doing things that you shouldn't have in the game, that they'd just be able to weed it out, but I guess you wouldn't. Um, just, asking, just, asking a, just asking a question of Gekka, because he said something that triggered a question, is, is that not what roleplay is about? Because that's it, people taking in-game mechanics and then involving other people to make the game mechanics come to life, assisted by their imagination. There's really only so much you can do in this game, though, when it comes to role-playing. It's not... Cause, because there is that lack of actual, engageable, interactive content. It's it's sort of a bit like playing in your back garden and being like, I'm Superman, you know. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true. We've got We've got systems upon systems with... Um, with stations and factions upon factions, uh, we haven't had um, we haven't had a break in working. Like my faction hasn't had a break in working our BGS for what, like since we've been in inserted into the game. Um, we're now we're now battering Azimuth as is good and true, and that's like that is entirely player driven content. Um, the the be- working things like the BGS doing. Um, Doing this stuff that um, Celine and I are doing with with um, with Azimuth, it's um, I would I would disagree that there's not a huge amount of content to do. I mean, like actual sort of story type content. Well, that's what, no, what you get missions. You raise your own tale. Yeah, well, you, you make get, your own story. But I'd like to I'd like to engage in other people's stories as well. I'm, I mean, I, I do make my own sort of story it is a sandbox game but it would be nice if i could visit a, a system where you've got your player faction and there are missions that you want me to go on that are to do with stuff that you've made up do you know what i mean uh so basically because i wouldn't know what they were otherwise because you're you've got your story that you know about but i wouldn't know about it unless i've got some way for you to tell me about it in game so the sort yeah. of things you could do then, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to give a challenge here for other players to help um, Gecko out, really, and anyone else, actually, who's of mind to do that. So what you could do is you could meet Gecko in a, in a bar 
and you could give him a mission yourself saying, look, I really need 10 tons of bio waste taken to uh, wow. lay station. And that sort of thing. So you, uh, you, you could give a player to play a mission um, and then get them to do the mission. And then when they reported back the proof that they dumped 10 tons of bio waste at lay, then you could then give them a reward. Something, something like that, because I think the tools are there. I think it's just a bit difficult to see how they can fit into the world that Gecko is yeah. talking about. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it is possible, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, Gecko, I mean, you are you on about creating your own, um, you know, you've one-off missions for other people to do so they could pick up those missions from the mission board? Um, I was thinking more of things that would work into mission chains because at the moment the procedural system doesn't really do that sort of thing. <coughs> Sorry. Um, or or um, like where it branches, maybe. So yeah. I just need to mute myself. Yeah, I know. I did a. Um, I did a. <laughs> uh, I tried to work out how many possible branches there could be from, uh, for, for just say a five mission. Uh, five mission one and you mm. could have up to 256 different combinations which you'd have to code uh if you wanted that one uh one five link to be um uh yeah it's like 256 individual missions which all would have to be linked in and you'd also have to put in their uh, rewards dialogues and your briefing for the next one and the thought of doing that is oh my i mean just and that's just from one mission and we have tons of others so can you imagine how how long that would take to code yeah this is, this is but if you if you really wanted to do it then you see, because nobody's going to get forced to do it, are they? So. <laughs> but the thing is, it's 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 that sort of um, the amount of effort that goes into it. Yeah, you can say, oh, like I think loads of commanders will do two hundred and fifty six different types of missions. But I can guarantee you that a commander will get there and go, oh shit, no, fuck that, not doing that. That's far too much effort. <laughs> and then, um, and then that's all of the prep that Frontier have put into it to maybe cater to four people who actually go through and put all of the effort in in doing two hundred and fifty mission points. And now I know that my sister is probably one of the most, um, one of the most amazing creative people I know, and I get the impression that she would bulk at something like that. Yeah, but this is where people acting as GMs come in because they can develop these quest chains. Our missions from their own imaginations. So that's where, if you have a GM yeah. running the campaign, then if you're like Frontier, don't need to code every single permutation or make up a story because you have GM storytellers to create the atmosphere, to create the backdrop, and then run the campaign through without Frontier doing anything. Shan? I don't I think, think they've got the right. tools to allow people to put in basically hand-coded missions into on top of the, the existing mission board. That's the kind the of the problem. The, the, the time insert. And, like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever DM'd, Shan, but the amount of um, prep that you have to do as a DM for any every possible route that a, a person would take, that's even more than 256 options. And yeah. even even if that's just before, oh, oh, let's see what they do back and then make a decision, you've got 
players waiting on you to make that decision and we want that real-time gratification um which when you when you're flying by the seat of your pants and then having to program it in it's just not feasible actually frontier did try some user-generated content this was all to do with pleiades um as part of the mission of the the rewards for being as part of the ddf um michael brooks got in contact with us and said right um would like ideas or a plan for basically a cold war happening in the pleiades between the empire and the federation which which it it did unfurl eventually, um, and the, the problem was was that uh, it was like a thousand cooks and one broth. <laughs> it, oh, it. Uh, I mean, like it, like I say, could be. I think it's a fantastic idea. It's just I don't see Frontier doing it. Nah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for that. Um, we're going to hand over to Little Begin. If he's still with us, if he hasn't passed out, you're there. Yep, apparently I am. <laughs> you're a bit quiet. Is there any way to boost you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with him, you have to right-click on him and make him louder yourself. That's the best that it does. All right, gotcha. Okay, welcome, little begin. Um, the mic is yours. What would you like to say? Where's my exobiologist decal's gone from a ship? Have they gone? No, they've they've never existed. There was in patch twelve. It said there'd be exobiologist de- decals for ships. Right. Never found them. I've, okay, so that's that's basically missing content then. That we've. Yep. It's only thing I was. It's like the thing I was looking forward to that patch was to have the new shiny stickers from a ship. Uh, what rank are you on? Because I'm just thinking, would they only show above a certain rank in exobiology? Uh, halfway through cataloger. I don't even know what rank that is. How far away is that from Elite? A long way. No idea. <laughs> but then the rest yeah, of them have ones for every rank, so... They're yeah, now five true. Elite, so maybe you only get a decal once you're max level now. I don't know, but it's worth asking Frontier about, because I know people... Cosmetic rewards and things is a powerful motivator for getting people to play. Also, can they bring back Interstellar Initiatives, please? Yeah, I must admit those um those I really did love. Uh those interstellar initiatives, those sort of like month long um linked community goals with a, a over uh, overriding plot. I mean, they've kind of replaced it with the whole Azimuth saga, but I don't know, it just feels a little bit slower. Did you say your cataloger? Yeah. Yeah, you, you. That's the equivalent of uh, expert. I'm um, taxonomist, which is the equivalent of um, uh, master. And then you get ex uh, ecologist, geneticist, and then elite for your. Well, there should um, definitely be a decal at that point. If you've got, if you've got a, a shiny uniform for it, I should imagine there would be, there would be some kind of decal at the back yeah. that runs alongside it. You because do get. They did de- say that in the patch notes. Yeah, they do, you do. They do get you do get different coloured um, uh, exosuits for uh, the for the ranks that you go up. Do you still get different coloured um, suits for the other the mercenary yeah. rank? Yeah. All right. So yeah. So we've got to find 
We've got to we've got to have a nag at Frontier then to say, "Oi, where's our decals for the for the ships?" Unless they they meant the suits and someone did a typo. I don't know. If they did mean that, they're not there either. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, that actually sounds like a relatively straightforward fix. They just need to get the art assets and replicate the mechanism for triggering them. Really, it doesn't sound like a huge amount of stuff, but hey. Yeah. Yeah, it probably got messed up. They probably had more important stuff to do. I just imagine it was someone forgetting to hit a button that said done. <laughs> I've done that plenty of times. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I forgot to mark it off the Jira board or something like that. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, okay. Now, is there anybody else in our... Um, uh, in our audience, would like to come up and speak. Hi, Mac. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Mac Winston, um, inflatable uh, replacement person. <laughs> How are you? Hello. Yes, I'm just I'm just fiddling with my microphone, getting that that uh, working. I'm really good. Yes, <laughs> I've been fighting in some wars, of course. I, mean, I unfortunately, I got banished. I. We were, we were watching we were watching Stranger Things tonight, and I I I, uh, I remarked while we were watching it that it felt a bit like it, it's the scene where uh, not not too many spoilers, but this, it's the scene where Hopper has the big gun. Yeah, they get shot at in that little cabin, and everybody Zerg rushes in. And I remarked that that's like me at an Odyssey settlement. <laughs> anyway, to cut a long story short, I. Uh, uh, I was doing some missions, and I was doing one of those uploads and dodgy data ones, and I got caught. And well, I almost I uploaded the data, and I tried to run away, but I got shot and sent to prison. But I picked up some notori- notoriety and a fine from the East India Company, and because I had three notoriety, I've basically been in exile because I can't do anything for the AIC because I've got a fine and so anonymous protocols. <laughs> and I can't pay the fine off, and I'm still notorious even now. And this was about a week ago this happened, and I still haven't worked my notoriety off. So, yeah. Don't you find that a little bit odd, like being one of the big wigs of yes. your company? You can't, like, pull rank and get rid of it. Yeah, no, I've, I've been put on the naughty step. So, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, yes, I've I've been sort of... I could do some combat because I've done some conflict zones. I quite like a uh, bit of a run around the uh, ground conflict zone. One of the few on foot things that actually makes more money than a space based thing. Um, but yeah, it's it is it 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 was. I did feel rather raw, but I'm sort of. I thought, well, there's no point moping about it. I might as well. If you can't do the cr- if you can't do the time, then don't do the crime kind of thing. So has anyone ever been shot at by their own fleet carrier? It's funny that that's exactly what was happening to the Burr, uh, the Burr's last, this Monday. <laughs> he was hostile to his own carrier, and as soon as he took up off, his own carrier started shooting him down. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, that does happen sometimes, Shan. It, it, it kind of reminds me, if you remember from early on, uh, there was one of the really early CGs for the FNS Nevermore, that new capital ship, or the Coppital ship, as it was nicknamed, because the CG was to collect co- loads and loads of copper for this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
in a horrendous cock up. So somehow it ended up probably because it was parked next to the station and there was probably a bit of a stray fire and the station managed to hit the capital ship that then started shooting the station and the ship and the station were there for hours shooting at each other. That was brilliant. And I love Frontier actually took the event yeah, they, they, and, <laughs> and put a Gowner article about it. It was that it, brilliant. Yeah, so so it was. I just yeah. wish Frontier could do that kind of thing deliberately instead of by mistake. But so, some yeah. of the things that it obviously it works. Some of the things like this that happen through serendipity, though, are, are quite you know it it it's you know it's the these these random little events that that uh, kind of make the game. But um, yeah, talk. Uh, Thinking about what Grippy Gecko was saying about um, player agency, mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity, and it wouldn't take, I don't think, I mean, I'm saying that not knowing what their code base is like. Um, I mean, of course, everybody thinks it's spaghetti code, but, it, it, well, anyway, all the assets exist to do this, basically. There's a lot of systems in the bubble which are uninhabited, uh, yeah. and we've got this expansion mechanism for minor factions. Now, what if you could work on your minor faction, get it into a really, you know, really rich state, so you do a lot of trading and whatever, you, you do something deliberate to, to big the faction up, and then instead of just expanding to an already populated system and taking a spare slot in the, you know, yeah, so if there's, there's fewer than however many factions it is in the system, yeah. you can then make your faction expand to a completely uninhabited system so you get like a, an automatic mini cg basically spawns for your player minor faction and then however high it goes dep- determines what kind of asset you get so if you do really well you get like uh, a cellus starport you know with lots of hab rings and stuff if you barely succeed you just get one of those little shoebox stations kind of thing and uh yeah and anyway so so have that so so have that system be like an extra home system so one of the rewards you get for being the colonist as it were is that your faction can not be retreated from this system and you might get i know your faction name on the station you know it might be permanently you know instead of having um yeah yeah how they have a little thing on on the front of some stations like never surrender you know, rise up never surrender or 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 bask in a glory and all that kind of stuff you have a little note there on the entrance to the station that you know this station was placed here by whatever faction so you get a little permanent memento that you know this was a player action that made this 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 uh system get colonized and you give a bit of agency and it wouldn't require any new assets to be you know there'd be new code of course and with the bgs it's 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 a bit like paint bubbles isn't it you press you press down on a if you've got bubbles in your wallpaper you press down one bit and another pops up somewhere else it it seems like but you know it, it could be it could be a nice way of getting a bit more interest in you know getting, getting people sort of invigorated with the bgs if you made it so that you could actually make your chosen faction, whether it be your own NPC faction or just a random faction, actually expand to a completely brand new system. And that way you could even push out of the bubble. So like play in Colonia, Colonia could start expanding a bit 
or you could have, you could people could work on a mini bubble on one of those you know that those those places sort of halfway between here and Colonia that kind of thing. I think that could be I think that would be fun. I feel like we've talked about this before in a different life. I feel like I feel like we've had this conversation before about it and I I absolutely you know like I've certainly talked about this before and I absolutely love this idea. I don't think it's necessarily a new idea and I'm sure other people have discussed it. I mean, but I, it, it just, it, it probably because it seems like the, almost the obvious next step to do with BGS. If you, if you want to make the, if you want to add something to the BGS, add this. I feel, I, I think, um, I think, I think it's a really interesting thing. We used to have, like back in the day, those were a lot of CGs that were the, those ones that I was talking to um, Grippy Gecko about were um, CGs. Like the thing with I, I Sona Prospect, and I, I know a couple of other um, um, bases that were bought in on the back of suggested CGs to Frontier. And I feel like not like if we could do it, but not call it a CG. And and call it something entirely different, like similar to similar to something on the lines of like an investment or something like that, yeah. where there there isn't really anywhere to go. But there's this really cool looking shiny system um, within twenty light years that's prime for the taking. I love that idea. As someone who's in a very h- highly populated amount of space, I absolutely love that idea. <laughs> Well, it's ironic you can mention that because um, that's exactly what, again, going back to the DDF, that's exactly the, the what was supposed to be the original mechanic. What was supposed to happen was that uh, basically you could manipulate these um, uh, factions, like, you know, like they've expanded on the BGS, but the idea was that, you know, you, you increase... Uh, these factions to a point where they do expand into a uh, into a, another system, which would automatically trigger one of these um, uh, pre-generated events, like an investment, and you would make runs drop it off at a, a cargo ship or drop, make these runs and drop them off at a, a predetermined location, something like a cargo ship or a mega ship or, or something like that. And every week that you did that, then you'd see the station build up a little bit more. So that if, if you had an Acellus, it, it would start off with this, you know, the stick skeleton and then it would slowly build itself out over the next four weeks. Unfortunately, um, I mean, I remember uh, Alan telling me that, you know, they were really excited about this, but they, it was one of those things that was a great idea on paper, but they couldn't get it to work. Uh, and, um, yeah, and uh, when it came to doing the the CG, I think, remember, there was the, one of the first CGs was to create a new station, and everyone was expecting this this same kind of skeleton, and then it built up a bit more, built up a bit more until yeah. you finally saw it. But no, it was just click of the fingers, and it was already up and running like it does now. Um, again, it did. I, I would love this kind of thing, I, and I think this was part of the. It was, it was supposed to be part of the thing where humanity would spread out beyond the bubble. Oh, uh, damn it. I've just got another fine I can't pay off. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I wonder whether um 
I wonder whether, rather than having it sort of like appear every every week or so, have a new bit of it appear, I wonder if you could go to, okay, you complete it and then um, on the following Thursday, let's say, let's for, for argument's sake, on the following Thurs um, Thursday Servitic, um, uh, the, the ones who have performed the best, so let's say like the top 10 who have performed the best or have had the most things delivered for them, they get their bases or they get the, the bits that they, the new bases that they need or some just something along those lines. So Frontier isn't constantly, constantly having to um, acquiesce to what, what everybody wants, but um, maybe, maybe just like the best performing ones who have a, um, have that goal, who have achieved that standard get to then make an attempt at something else it certainly would broaden and deepen the bgs in a way that is so that like that idea is so exciting to me i'd love to see that implemented yeah i i, I think the only thing that holds that back is frontier is is scared of losing control of um basically the bubble because they, they could end up with uh places where you know they it, the the bubble will grow in such a way that it might encroach on bits that they're holding back for other content, say, called 70 Sector. Um, because I got a horrible feeling that once you start opening that, that door, uh, it will it will happen exponentially. You'll end up with it as spreading over the galaxy before you know it. I think, I think they do want, I think they do want to have us to have more player agency. I am confident that they do want us to have more player agency. That said, I don't know. I think I think what I'd really like to do is from from like the conversations that we've had today, I would really really love to take this to to someone at Frontier and say a little bit of feedback that we've had is x y and z. Do you think this is something that would be would be plausible? I don't know whether we'd get anything out of it. But I really enjoy enjoy yeah. the the whole idea of player agency. This this um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that salvation thing again. But um, the thing that I mean, Selena doing because it's all I can think about at the moment. But that kind of like the fact that we're it's it's fully player driven has really like lit a fire up my ass with it. Yeah, that I mean, like I said, it was one of the things that um, I know that a lot of people in the DDF are excited about the fact that you know we could expand the human influence just by player agency. But um, again, it, it was I don't know. I think it seemed that Frontier made the decision. No, we'll decide where stations go, not you guys. Which I, th I thought was a, you know, yeah. I, I mean, th there might be a change of attitude uh, back at uh, <laughs> back at Frontier Towers, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so, thanks, Mac. That was, that was a fantastic question. Uh, we are also now joined by Tweaked seventy four. Um, hello, hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you absolutely fine. Where do you hail from? I am from very very northern upstate New York. We thought so. Didn't, didn't sound like your typical live radio listener. Oh, I've been <laughs> listening not to you guys for a long time. <laughs> so, welcome to, welcome to the show, Tweaked. Um, what would you uh, What would you like to discuss? Well, 
I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction than what everybody before me has. I have recently just found my way back to Elite Dangerous after a tiny break, I guess you could say. Uh, you, The rest of you might not know, but I, I know Ben is aware. I, I've been an avid Elite Dangerous player and fan and started our own squadron in game. So Psychic, just like you, I'm much into the BGS and everything. However, with the whole Odyssey debacle and the fact that they, with in no other way I can say it, lied to us a couple of different times, including a personal conversation I had with Arthur. So that didn't sit real well with me. So I went away from the game for a little bit. Recently have found my way back. And how I did that was I had to remember what I fell in love with about Elite Dangerous in the first place and start enjoying those things again and not worry about what Frontier is going to do. Because I will say this, when I was playing, when I was new to the game, I had vets telling me we love the game despite FDev, and I didn't believe them at that point in time. I have come around circle now. I totally believe I enjoy what is in the game currently because I have no faith, no trust of what FDev is actually going to put in the game. And if I constantly think about what I wish the game could be, all that missed potential, it starts to make me angry and bitter and I start to not enjoy the game again. So I have rediscovered my love for the BGS. I try to help out the squadron when I can. I am enjoying the Odyssey stuff on PC. The ground missions can be a lot of fun, things like that. So I'm not an FDev hater by any means, but I think they could do a lot more with the game. And I think, to be honest, that's pretty much my attitude with basically every game I've played, arguably since 2012, I think. Um, and that, that might just be me getting old and, and things like that. But yeah, you, I, I always, always have, te- well, not always, recently being the past 10 years or something like that, at least, I have taken games as what are you giving me now and I mean, it's like like with uh start with oh fallout in space you know, i have zero faith that that will come out and it'll be a good playable game but give it six months of development time by the game of the year edition that'll be ace uh, and i i just think that's a, i think that's a healthy attitude for everything frankly Yes. I had a problem with that, though, as you know, Kai and I doing Elite We back in the old day and everything. We used to speculate because that to me was Frontier's biggest failure with Odyssey was not setting expectations and not telling us really what was coming. So our imaginations ran away with us. Imagination always does. So that's yeah. It's the same as TV shows. I mean, Christ, you go off and imagine, oh, I don't know, say a little show about Obi-Wan and Kenobi set between episodes three and four and what you've got in your head is going to be so much better than anyone else could be for you. Right. It's your head totally cannon. agree with that. Yeah, head cannon is always better. Yes, and I am pushing 6,000 hours in Elite Dangerous and I don't have any regrets with that or anything. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I must admit, yeah, it, it is a hard thing um, sometimes when... Uh, uh, basically, if you see so much being missed 
before because I know that there were plans for them to put in a whole load of extra hidden content and you'll notice in the codex there was supposed to be a room there's a rumored section that was supposed to be placeholders for people to be able to go ahead and help discover this new content it's never been implemented it's right. never been implemented because basically they never had time. They've either, either been uh, fixing problems or things haven't gone to plan like Odyssey full stop. Um, and uh, they, they wa- they've wanted to put things in, but they've never got, they've, they've basically run out of time or they've run out of money. Right. Um, I mean, and- you can go back and look, not to interrupt, Colin, you can go back and look when Power Play was put in, which I know you're big into now. The mm-hmm. BGS was put in, which I know Psychic and I are into. They put it in and then they've made promises in the past to go forward and touch it up later on, and they never really have. So that's kind of how I feel about that kind of stuff, too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, we're on the same page about power play. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Shan for a second. Yeah, I've I've been thinking along these lines for a while, and actually I'm starting to feel a little sorry for David Braben. And and maybe this is me putting my thoughts, you know, taking his name in vain and that. Um, But if you listen to early elite David Braben, you can see when he shuts his eyes and imagines what he wants Elite to be, it's full of things like big game hunting, scooping gas giants, a whole universe to explore, and all that. And I think actually in the quiet moments when he thinks of those images he had, he must feel quite sad and regret of what was made is nothing like what he had in his head. And You can't really do that, Shane. You can't. You can't. Turn around to to say, I know what David Braben's thinking. No, 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 no. That's what I said. I said, maybe I'm putting my own thoughts on it. But I suspect if that is the case, what's happened is someone says, okay, it's going to take six months to put in clouds in atmospheric planets, and it's going to cost this much money. Or we can use resources to fix the bugs or whatever. What do you want us to do? And he goes, well, bugs are more important than clouds. And slowly and slowly, the dream changes in as, as what happens in you know, as reality bites, so to speak. So I, I'm not sure there's some kind of grand design, let's fool the player base, let's pull all over the eyes, etc. I think reality just happened and it just slipped away. Yes, yeah, so okay. I agree with ben? that. All right, sorry, tweaks. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, I totally agree with that, that sometimes the reality and what can be done in development limits things and stuff like that. The only other really thing that turned me away from Elite for a little bit was when they finally announced the cancellation of console development because my my, uh, squadron, Open Pilots Initiative, was initially all on Xbox. So 5,000 of my hours were spent on Xbox grinding to get everything I needed to get and wanted to get. And then they totally threw that away at me, which turned my stomach. And all my friends that are still on console, a lot of which are on fixed income and with computer prices right now and everything, you can imagine how hard it is for them to move over. So that really has hurt the console community as far as a player base goes. Yeah, but th- uh, this this is one thing that I do have to to say i mean would you have wanted odyssey if it had been in such a state such as cyberpunk yeah that wouldn't have been great but i think everybody would chill with that as bad as cyberpunk was beginning because it did get repaired on console and everything and i think odyssey would have too especially on a series x or ps5 
Yeah, but remember uh, they went off and pulled Cyberpunk. You know, Sony literally did. Sony actually do law- lawsuits about it, or was it just like, yeah, sorry I guys, your game's so bad, we're not allowing it on our store. Denied. I think it, it was the last time. Yeah, because I, the problem is uh, with this is that um, if you don't pass the Microsoft and the Sony certification, then basically you can't put the game on. And um, it could have been that they they tried, but Microsoft and Sony knocked them back. I mean, I know that they're not allowed to talk about that process because um, X X yeah. Rebirth tried that as well. Because uh, originally, one of the reasons why X Rebirth was such a train wreck of a game was because it wasn't supposed to be a PC only game. It was supposed to be on consoles as well. But um, they are still the. Um, Sony and um, Xbox threw it back at them and said, no, you're not putting that on our machines. And right. it could have been a case where, where we know that they were still actively trying console development, but if you can't, if you can't pass the muster, they're not going to let you on. They made a special exception for Cyberpunk 2077. And then basically um, it seemed that CD Punk Red, uh, CD whatever Red, Project, um, Project Red, it, uh, screwed the pooch on that one. And I think that they've tightened up the rules again since then. That very well may be what happened. And if that is the case, then somebody should have come out and said that because most of the community still is blaming FDEV on that. Now, that being. Yeah, but the first said, rule of console development is you don't call, talk about console development. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But there still are a lot of other DLCs coming out on other games that are janky and full of bugs and everything, too. But I do know that some people can now play Odyssey on the Series X with uh, one of the apps that's on there and everything now, which is unbelievable. I'm assuming, is that using GeForce Now or something like that? Yeah, that is correct. GeForce yeah. Now, yes. Yeah, I think one thing, just taking it back to David Braben and his... Uh, initial dreams and things like that. I remember talking to Ed, I think it was, back in the day, and, you know, we all say, God, I wish David would talk to us more. But... <laughs> but I, I do have ideas of the future of Elite that I think would help bring most of the player base back quickly, though. Yeah, well, I, I know from talking with Ed, with Ed and the CMs, they hated when anybody threw a microphone towards David Braben, let alone gave him access to the forums and so on, because he would just go into I have a dream kind of mode. <laughs> and they're busy going, how the fuck are we meant to implement this? Oh, how, to, how do we manage expectations after he yeah. said that? Because, yeah, that, that, is, that is one of the problems. Um, Tweet, what was, your, what was your idea of getting people back quickly then? Well, my ideas were, for example, being in one in the inside of the stations, right? You see all those advertisements for the Beluga liners and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So say in November, when the major narrative hits or a little before that, even in August, we have a news broadcast, right? With some reporter and have it all acted out. And she's talking about thargoid things happening and then in the background we see thargoids on the ground like dragging somebody off into the black or you know into the dark or something like that that 
would be the first step. And then all of a sudden you have what everybody assumes is coming in November, the Thargoids on foot battles, right? Yeah. Because we all heard about that. So you do those types of things. The news report to me would get the excitement in the galaxy again and people talking again and then actually implement it well. And then the next DLC, I mean, okay, in 2023, they're going to redo a game feature, which my guess would be engineering. But if they really want to win everybody back, the next DLC should be ship interiors. They do that, then people are going to be coming back in droves. And it doesn't have to be Star Citizen level detail ship interiors. But to me, ship interiors, like if you're out in the black, for example, and you can walk through your ship, you now have a science lab. You can collect your samples out there, bring them into your science lab and do some mini game in there. And you have new game content. That kind of stuff would bring so many different people back into the fold, I think. Yeah. So how would that work for, um, for anyone else other than just explorers? Well, oh, what, other what, what, what other do. things could we do? Well, of the, the obvious, the obvious thing. Yeah, there's the shipboarding. Um, also, the crash ships that have uh, gone into the planets. Not only could you you could cut your way into them and explore the interiors of those crash ships. Okay, there might be stuff in there. Uh, you know, a nice bit of salvaging. There's, you there's a the role play opportunities. Yeah, there's okay, a whole. So, so where, where's the where's the where's the gameplay? Sorry, Where, where's the extra gameplay for ha- having that flying around in your shop? What, ha- what is the thing to intent in incentivize me to walk from the front to the back of my Corvette to get out? I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Where's the incentive? Throwing the question back at you, uh, Sai, what do you call gameplay? Because for some people... Well, so, so right, so n- ask me rather than um, saying what other people say. Um, my My feeling... <laughs> My, my my gameplay is okay if you're gonna do um if you're gonna do ship interiors then okay in the middle of combat in my corvette something goes wrong i want to be able to fix my ship but i can do that at the moment from my my um my seat so are you going to take that away from me in my seat no i don't think we we should what well, i'm saying I what I'm think. saying is that, you know, there there should be sort of shortcuts which would allow you to do the same kind of thing, like turbo lifts that would take you straight to the exit, that kind of thing. Um, can we just bump over to Ben before he actually explodes? Yeah. One key ship interior thing that I would give is I can now repair my power plant. I can repair my ship's hull. You know, I can EVA out with a bunch of steel plates and tape them and tape them over my hull or something like that to repair my hull. Um, or what is it? things you can't repair is your power plant and your AMFU. You could repair every single module if you did it manually, or you can automatically repair it. And of course, don't forget the Princess Ashling bedspread. <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah. with the, the module fixing the engineering so to speak like that i mean not not elite engineering but like repairing your modules in a combat situation or something think about the multiplayer effect if you actually had friends on your ship assuming that physical multi-crew actually works better at that point in time that you could they, you might, yeah they they could you could have a friend that loves putting out fires and repairing modules and stuff whereas i might not love that but i love flying the ship or i love being in combat or something you could find a role for all of your friends that way i'm just picturing shan down in the engine room going switch off switch on 
<laughs> Switch off. <laughs> oh, you want to change? One, two, three, stop. Oh, and I, Going think, back. I think that's a little unfair. In Bridge Crew, he's actually all right. Although, yeah. admittedly, we always put him in charge of the guns because we can't trust him with anything else. And how, and, and how much win percentage do you get when I'm on weapons as opposed to someone else? Well, you're the only one that you're the one that uh, bags is that seat first before anyone else has got a chance to do it. Yeah, only because you're prejudiced. You're saying, Shan, no way in this galaxy are you ever being captain. So, what choice have we got? Anyway, it's you being engineer where you can blow the ship up for a laugh. Anyway, in no. terms of repairing ship, it's all about player choice, I think. Because, for example, if you have an AMFU, you can do it. You can say, and if you fix this, and you don't have to do it yourself. If you choose not to have the additional weight and power, etc., for an AMFU, you'd have to go through your ship and do it manually. And that, therefore, is a player agency choice between do it automatically or have to run around your ship and doing it. And it's that sort of thing that I think ship interiors would give that choice. Because I know some people would think, well, I just want AMFU and go on with it. And some people I can see a lot of explorers you know, not wanting to take the hit. You know, SMUs don't weigh anything. No, but they could have another module in there instead. I have power. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but you turn them off when unless you're using yeah. them. Uh, tweet. I mean, have you ever played a game called Pulsar Lost Colony? Uh, <laughs> especially I, with friends. I have not. No, not right, yet. Because or, or I enemies. only got my PC about a year ago. So. Yeah, I, I would. I mean. Personally, as far as um, ship interiors is concerned, um, I would like that in Elite Dangerous, and that's that's what I would like. But I do know that, as far as Odyssey is concerned, uh, to put that level of functionality into Elite at the moment, we are looking at probably another two-year project to put it in. I would it's, agree with that. Yes, and you know, as long as it, it, it's a it's a question of you know. <sighs> I'd, I'd love that to be the next project, but I also think that I, I would prefer the on-foot VR to be the next project and then ship interiors. Well, I, that- I wouldn't argue with you on that. I do have a VR headset. I love being in VR in ship, and I land and get into stations or on the ground, and I take it off and exit the game and do it the normal way. So, yeah, on-foot VR would be a great addition, and that, too to your point, would bring a lot of people that left the game back to the game, I think. Okay, we're going to quickly do some last points uh, for everyone. Psychic, do you want a last point? No, no, I'm good, because I'll go on. I'll go on, and I don't want to. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Anybody else? Because I've just realized what the time is, I'm going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thanks very much, Tweet, for your uh, uh, for your contribution. I hope that you're enjoying Odyssey more than you did. Oh, I absolutely before. love Odyssey. Yes, <laughs> and I appreciate being on the show. I love you guys. I've been listening to this show for years. <laughs> you, having you on, Tweet. You nutter. Right. Um, quickly, we'll go through the community corner because it's 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 going to be a quick one. Um, right now. Um, Psychic, you have set up Operation Witch Hunt. Mm-hmm. It's me and Celine. So um, basically, if it's a Discord server command for commanders who want to get together with the sole intention of reducing the power that the Azimuth biotech in the galaxy has. So um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and uh, like I said, it's Psychic and Celine who are doing it. And uh, yes, it's... Uh, 
<coughs> for those of you anti um anti-salvation people out there. Uh, next up, we have, of course, is Buckyball Week. Uh, I've already done one Buckyball run <laughs> to a horrendous... I think I'm, I'm last but one. Um, however, the person who is in last at the moment, Commander Holmberger, uh, he has put together a very nice... Uh, uh, description of of how his uh, his progress went, uh, and of course uh, we will keep everybody abreast of the buckyball results for next week. Um, Psyche, have you tried the buckyball yet? I did it on I did it on Friday. I haven't submitted a time. I just did a test run. Uh, yes, I mean I was I was over an hour because the Thargoids kept on jumping me. But yes, yeah, well, we'll be going over that another time. Um, one thing that was uh, released yesterday, um, PC Gamer did a uh, a kind of mini YouTube documentary, actually a very professionally done YouTube uh, documentary about Meet the Fuel Rats of Elite Dangerous. It's part of their Tales from the Hard Drive section. Uh, and uh, it, it goes into a great deal of details of who the, who the, uh, the fuel rats are, how the fuel rats... Um, uh, basically put things together uh, and and do their rescues. Uh, and it was very professionally done. And I must admit, the narrator's voice was was real uh, chef's kiss on this one. So, um, <laughs> anybody else see that one? Yeah, I saw it. Um, it, was, it was it was good 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 sort of little documentary. Even though they did use Oolite and not pre pre alpha <laughs> dangerous footage. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a love, it was a lovely little sort of love letter to Elite Dangerous and things like that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Psychic, you've got a charity stream this Friday. Yep, Ilga World. Um, they are um, a worldwide charity. The clue is in the name. They um, speak on. They have representatives on various governments around the world, um, making sure that. Um, uh, a lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and um, intersex people are all represented and that their rights are maintained. We're raising money on Friday between five and seven in game time on this Friday. What I'd very much like to do is try and create some kind of rainbow flag in game with different coloured ships. That would be wonderful. I would very much appreciate it. If you want to come along, please consider doing so. Drop by my stream. I've got information there. Excellent. Um, right. Uh, mostly clueless section. Well, this one uh, actually happened uh, on my stream on uh, Sunday because Commander Tekarov uh, and I would discuss it as I was doing the buckyball. I would I discovered some problems with the Odyssey uh, Galaxy. About the rats. Yeah, uh, and um, it does appear that uh, effectively sometimes, and this is. Uh, this is quite awful. Is that the um, the settings that you set up for uh, your filter for uh, traveling your hyperspace routes? They can go missing between uh, when you log off and you log back on again. I've, I've noticed this happening quite a lot of times. So the thing the thing that we would uh, ask you to do if you're doing long trips um, at the moment. 
and you log back in, always check your filters for uh, the Galaxy map if you're an Odyssey. doesn't seem to happen in, in Horizons, but it does seem to lose the, uh, the star filters, and it does seem to lose the fastest slash economical route uh, settings as well. So until Frontier get that sorted, um, it's it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, it's also, according to uh, Commander Taker, of one of the reasons why him and his his other fuel rats have been getting a lot busier lately than normal. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <clears throat> right. Uh, any other business? Would that be Amazon Prime Day? <laughs> It's Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> Isn't that in July? In July, yeah, coming up. 13th of July, apparently, has been announced. Or something. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that has been said in there has got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition for free. Yeah. Didn't they just do that in something? I swear I've got it on some, on some platform from getting it for free. I think it might have been in the Epic Store at some point. Yeah, and and um, uh, yeah. I mean, I got it a year ago, I suppose, on a half price sale at on um, the uh, Origin store. So, uh, yeah. Have um, you noticed that there are some games that just seem to rotate free or cheap, and some games that are just you mean like Elite Dangerous? Awesome. Yeah, because Elite just kind of goes around all the platforms being free or cheap, and some other games are always nearly maximum price and never go on sale. Yeah. Okay, um, well, there you have it. So, <laughs> if you want a free copy of... Quite um, a few good games. Yes, You've got the Jedi Knight games, I think, are in there as well. I mean, they're old, but they're great. Oh, they're the best lightsaber combat games there are, without a doubt. And the servers, put it this way, the multiplayer servers, uh, they're still active because... Oh yeah, the, the the big ones are still active, so you can still and there are still people running around. And I'll tell you now, the people that are that can that um, that lightsaber fight on those servers, yeah, they're, they're, they practically are Jedi. The, the way that they're able. To, I, they I assume is there. I assume there's high res mods and all that kind of stuff for it now. Oh, uh, the, there are, but yeah. um, I couldn't give you uh, the list. Okay, Shan, quickly, uh, very quickly. Estimated out of 10 ranking for Obi-Wan as a series. Oh, God, you're not going to slag it off again, are you? Did I say that? Ben, no, I'm really just... enjoying it. I know, I know you said it was only for Colin and Ben and therefore excluding me, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's I, a very good I, show. I, I wasn't sure you were, you were watching it, so I know Colin and Ben were. But anyway, so you... So you, you so what yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, yeah, and, really enjoying it. And now we're going to well. get the withering comment that, oh, you shouldn't be enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Um... And well, to, the last episode's tomorrow, isn't it? It is. It's supposed it's, to be an hour, hour and a half long, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely to see Hayden Christian back and getting the love from the community that he deserves. Yeah, because let's be honest, he's a good actor. The problem is sometimes the script you get. <laughs> that little girl who plays Lair, she's adorable. I think personally, I'd give it a seven and a half at the moment. There's a couple of questions I'd like them to answer. Uh, but to be fair, the focus on Leia is about the only way they could have gone, given yeah. episode four. So I don't begrudge them. Well, there's no Luke in it. Well, of course there's no Luke in it, because oh. that's what episode four's about. So, yeah, well, yeah. there's going to be a bit of Luke. It looks like there's going to be a lot of Luke tomorrow. 
and we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Um, we're going to quickly move on to the shout outs. Obviously, um, we've got episode, uh, our, our ongoing series which happens before Live Radio. We've got another episode of the Dex Legacy. Interlude 3, The Ancestors. That will premiere next week at 8 o'clock. For more information, go to thedexlegacy.com. Of course, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Go to twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, go to radioforthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discordmedas.com/slash/elite-dangerous. Uh, we'll give some shout-outs to the other Elite Dangerous podcasts which are are hanging about. That's Allegrab AM, the Canon Podcast, the Elite po- the Elite Cast, uh, the Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist, Guard Frequency, Loosed Screws, and of course Squeaking Fuel. Uh, and of course there is the Data Sleep Podcast, which Alan will update whenever he has spare time. It's just, he doesn't have spare time. Um, now following this, of course, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'd just like to thank everybody who's um, uh, come into the, uh, the, uh, the chat that we've had tonight. Uh, we'd also like to thank everybody who's... Have you had anybody annoy you, Psychic, uh, as you've run around? Kremen, Miggles, Goatee and Kate. Excellent. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. We'll also thank everybody in the Twitch chat who has, has uh, and the the console chat and the and uh, uh, YouTube who've who've made some fantastic suggestions. I'm sorry we haven't been able to sort of jump on top of them for all of you. Uh, and uh, special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and Alan Stroud who have created music for the show. Well, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Jean, thanks to Psykit, and thanks to Ben. And special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the wonderful Commander Ventura. But until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Right then, so without further ado, uh, w- can you do the, uh, the the noise for this? We're going to switch to Super what was, I can't beat Bruce. What was his? What was the? What was the? What was the noise he made? I, don't, I can't remember. It was it was like a do 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 news. Do 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 news. Galnet News Digest, twenty first of June, thirty three oh eight. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at early polls in the Alliance vote on Sirius, we are amazed by the complexity of the Seven Sisters Speedway time trial, and we experience what it's like to jump into witch space when you're sitting outside the carrier. Perhaps it's the revelations about salvation. Or perhaps it's the thought of those AX missile launchers, but polling shows that it's all but inevitable that the Alliance Assembly will vote to have Alliance anti-Xeno defence managed exclusively by the Sirius Corporation. There's a valiant rearguard action by those who want to keep the Alliance independent of outside forces, or perhaps they really want one of those 25 Alliance chiefs and raffle prizes. But the pro-Sirius effort is outnumbering those efforts two to one. It's unclear what the exact terms of the agreement will be, but it's clear that the Sirius Corporation does not make charitable donations. It will expect to benefit greatly from its contract with the Alliance. Arguably, the Alliance, combined with Sirius Navy, could become almost as great a military power as the Empire or Federation, although the current highly decentralised model used by the Alliance Defence Force means that it is a much less effective fighting force than its numbers might imply. As with the other superpowers, many members of the Alliance Navy are seconded to support Azimuth Biotech and Salvation, who is also known as the Witch. The latest of the Buckyball Racing Club's season of Magic 8-Ball time trials is the Seven Sisters Speedway an event with a scoring system so complicated that it's hard to imagine how the organisers will ever be able to identify the winner. At its core, the race is very simple. You start off from Ohm Horizons in HIP 29312, head over to the Pleiades Nebula and visit the Seven Sisters star systems. Asterope, Atlas, Seleno, Maya, Merope, Pleione and Sterope 2 in any order and then head back to the starting point to claim your place on the podium. You can fly in a regulation build Cobra Mark III or in the open class that allows any ship capable of completing the challenges. For there are challenges, some of them mandatory. You need to dock at a few stations. Copernicus Observatory in Asterope, Artemis Lodge in Seleno, Obsidian Orbital in Maya, plus the asteroid base Stargazer in Pleione and Azimuth Biotech's ominous megaship in Merope. You also have to fly through one of the tunnels at the Squirrel's Nest Bar in Pleione, which means you're unlikely to complete the course in a Type 9 Heavy. You're only permitted to refuel and repair at Obsidian Orbital. Because why not have a random rule? But you are thankfully allowed to scoot from stars along the way. 
Jumponium is banned because the buckyballers hate explorers, while neutron star boosting is encouraged, except neutron boost pre-charge, which is both banned and impossible. In the open class, you're not allowed to use docking computers or supercruise assist, but flight assist is permitted. Engineering, including exclusive CG rewards, is permitted, but not heat sinks, shield cell banks or limpets, which presumably means that calling the fuel rats would get you disqualified. Guardian technology is permitted. There is nothing we could see in the rules about using wingman navlocks or about being in a team and getting an extra pip. So far, so straightforward. But then, you can take time off by completing a series of optional tasks. These include overheating when you jump to hyperspace. You can take a second off for every percentage point of heat, meaning that 120% heat would take two minutes off. It's not clear from the rules if you can still take 99 seconds off if you don't quite hit 100%. There's bound to be a steward's inquiry for that. You get five minute bonus for flying within 100 metres of a listening post and the same for getting close to a tourist beacon. And if you boost through the tunnel at the squirrel's nest, you get 100 seconds for each of the up to three tunnels. If you enter the toast rack while flying backwards, that's yet another 100 seconds. If you buy up to eight tons of power generators or computer components at Artemis Lodge, you get 100 seconds for each ton that you get back to Ohm Horizons. Flying through a habring at the Glorious Prospect gets you 100 seconds, and going all the way round Obsidian Orbital and through the habring twice gets you 300 seconds. Targeting any Thargoid ship gets you 300 seconds, and flying within 100 metres of the Thargoid gets you another 100 seconds. It's not clear if you can perform this feat multiple times for more time bonuses. Probably not. As you return to Ohm Horizons after having survived all that lot, if you boost through the mail slot with your shields down, you can claim one second bonus for every metre per second you're travelling, as long as you're travelling above your unboosted maximum speed. The idea seems to be to try and kill off as many participants as possible. Assuming you've survived, you've amassed a load of extra points completing all these strange tasks. What have you've done really well and might come in one of the top three places? Well, in that case, all the points you've amassed have to be removed again and only the unmodified track time is counted, meaning that the person in fourth place may well finish with a faster time than the overall winner. It just wouldn't be Buckyball if you could understand the rules or work out what your race time was. A word of warning, if a war starts between Salvation and the superpowers, then Azima's Biotech's glorious prospect megaship may well move to the T-Tauri system, increasing the course's length by around 200 light years. So best get on and complete the course before then if you can. But let someone else work out your score. They'll have a spreadsheet for it. Commanders visiting the Redugia HJ-MB48-1 system can experience some of the most beautiful sights in the galaxy. Two planets with the thinnest imaginable rings orbiting as a close pair close to the star and with a tiny rocky moon orbiting one of them creates some highly memorable conjunctions. 
However, you need to be careful where you park your fleet carrier when visiting this lovely system. The planets are so close to each other that if you're not careful, the fleet carrier self-preservation subsystem will kick in and move the fleet carrier rapidly through normal space to avoid it getting crushed by the approaching planet. Unfortunately, if a fleet carrier starts moving rapidly sideways, the commanders on board do not accelerate with it. Coupled with the incredibly thin material used to make the walls of fleet carriers, it's all too easy to get thrown out into the vast emptiness of space, which is inconvenient, but does give you a rather good vantage point to admire the cosmos. Which would be fine if it weren't for the bungee cord tied around your waist that keeps pulling you back into the carrier, only for you to slide back out again, over and over and over again. It gets a bit monotonous after the first hour or two. You need to wait for the big nasty planet to stop advancing towards the fleet carrier so that the fleet carrier stops trying to run away, or you need to jump the carrier to a different location, hoping all the while that passengers floating around outside will not be left floating around, but will jump with the fleet carrier to its new location. The stewards are very kind, by the way. When the time comes to be seated for the jump, they understand that you can't fight against the acceleration of the fleet carrier to get to the observation deck, so they provide you with your own invisible chair outside the carrier from which you can safely observe the ship's departure. And that truly is an unrivaled spectacle. And that's this week's Galnet News. News. Galnet News. We ram the tourist beacons so you don't have to. website at www.thedexlegacy.com where you can find out all about our cast, buy merch, support the show and access bonus materials. Are you suffering from battle crabs? We advise White Star Cream. Get rid of a battle crab after three shots. 